Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher's Study. We're very glad you've chosen to be with us again. Uh, my name is Kevin Clark, and along with Bob Hutto, who's the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, as you know, we have been conducting this podcast for quite some time and uh, really enjoying the opportunity to exalt the Word of God, bring some things out that we know will be of value to people who are interested in spiritual things. Uh, we always want to thank those who assist us in putting on this podcast, which would include Mark Townsend and um, uh, Jason Reed, both of whom are deacons here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, and we appreciate both their sacrifice and that of their uh, spouses and their families to allow them to be here uh, while we record. Uh, we hope that you've been following on with us. Uh, this umbrella that we've been under for a while here has been pursuing holiness. Uh, we want to be holy because the God whom we worship is holy, and so we have the ability to be holy because God has revealed to us in His Word what it means for a human being to walk and to talk and to live in a holy way. And so we've talked about various and sundry matters that fall under that umbrella. And here recently we've been talking about sins of the lip, things that we can do with our mouths uh, that are inappropriate. But at the same time, we want to emphasize that there are things that we can do with our mouths that are That's appropriate, right. things that uplift, things that build up. And uh, the tongue, you know, we talked at length about James uh, chapter 3 and all the warnings there. And, and we know that the tongue can be used for great good but also can be do, used for great evil. And so we need to be very careful with how we use our tongues. But before we get into the study uh, today, I want to give my colleague Bob an opportunity to make some introductory remarks as well. Well, we just appreciate everybody listening and, and watching. Uh, we, in fact, as we are walking back to the room here to, to begin tonight, uh, somebody told us that, mm -hmm. uh, or conveyed a message from a, a third party that they that they watch right and enjoy it and that that encourages us absolutely makes us feel like you know this is worth our while mm -hmm. and we're uh accomplishing something good and so we we really appreciate those words of encouragement and if you're if you're watching today and you're enjoying enjoying the bible study and mm -hmm. profiting from it well tell tell other people about it we'd like to draw in as many as possible and as jesus said you know sow that seed absolutely and uh, hopefully it'll fall on some good and honest hearts amen well, we want to talk about a, really a subject we had been talking about the last time we had a podcast, and that is profanity. And uh, specifically, we want to talk about some warnings, some very practical warnings we can uh, be mindful of that will help us have the kind of speech that God expects us to. Before we get to those, let's talk just a little bit in review. What is the standard when it comes to our speech, especially when it comes to this particular topic? And uh, I love Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. If you want to turn with me, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31 says very simply, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so we began with the statement, let no corrupt word proceed from your mouth. So be careful that coming from your mouth is not trash, is not filthiness, is not corruption, is not uh, speech that's demeaning, and certainly not profanity. Profanity certainly would fall under the category of corrupt communication that should not come over our mouth. But on the other hand, he says, instead of doing that kind of stuff, let the things that come out of your mouth build people up, edify people, strengthen 
people. And so again, that goes to our point that this is a tool, just like any tool, it can be used for good, it can be used for evil. It's not inherently good or inherently evil, it's just a tool. But he's saying, be careful as a Christian, you're to use this tool in a certain way. And that tool excludes, or that certain way excludes using it in an inappropriate way. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 4, this is also part of the standard. But fornication, all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Again, we see that dichotomy. Don't be involved in foolish jesting. Don't be involved in coarse jesting. Don't have coarse speech. But on the flip side, give thanks. Use that tongue to magnify God, to glorify God, to express your appreciation for what God has done for us. So the standard is let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth. Now, some might say, you know, that's an unworkable standard. That's just not reasonable in the world that we live with all of the cues that we get in the media and our music and our movies. How do you expect people to abide by this standard? And what I say to that is, this is God's instruction to us, and God is the one who made our minds, made our mouths, made us. He knows what we can and cannot do. He knows what we're capable of. If the architect of the universe says, let no corrupt communication proceed from your mouth, Bob, I take it that means it is eminently possible for us to do that very thing. Right. That's a high standard, isn't it? It let is. No corrupt speech. <laughs> now, you know, the world's standard is... Well, you don't want to use this too often. Right, right. Only when you want to emphasize your point right. or something like that. Only right. when you want to make a strong statement, you might sprinkle in a little profanity here and there, and that really drives your point. But you don't want to overdo it. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. that's not... God's standard is higher than that. Absolutely. Let no corrupt speech proceed out of your mouth. If you feel strongly about a point, yeah, you can be a little bit more creative than just fall back on the, the kind of language that right. the world, that's everybody right. in the world seems to use. That's you know? right. And so... Uh, you, you can make your point, you can make it strongly and emphatically right. uh, without using speech that's not befitting the people of God. God. God wouldn't use this kind of language. That's right. And so we are His people, and we should not use that kind of language. That's a great point. And we've seen examples, even among people who may or may not consider themselves to be devout Christians, but there are people who have been able to adhere to that standard themselves. Are there coaches? I think about Tony Dungy was well known about the fact that he did not use profanity in his coaching. Levy Smith, the Chicago Bears, same way. Uh, there's a local high school coach uh, uh, for Hoover that uh, Josh Niblett was well known for not using uh, corrupt speech or profanity. And so it is something can be done. And we were just talking with some folks here that said that they themselves had lived their life in such a way that they had not used profanity. So the idea that just cannot be done is, is really not true. Now, let's say this, uh, just like we've said with all of these sins, if we fall short, it doesn't mean we're therefore condemned forever uh, to be separated from God. We can get forgiveness for these things. The blood of Jesus can cover these things. First of all, if we become a Christian, all those sins we've done before are washed away. And if we are a Christian, and sometimes Christians miss the mark, sometimes do yeah. these things, there is the ability to confess and to repent and to be forgiven of those things. So we don't want to uh, make light of that. But we also want to make an emphasis. It's important that we proceed according to God's standard. Let no corrupt speech uh, proceed from your mouth. Look over at Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 through 11. Colossians, the third chapter, verses 8 through 11. Uh, the Bible says, But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge, according to the image who created him, where there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. And notice he as associates the filthy language 
with the old man. He says, you know what? We've put that old man off. When did that happen? In baptism. When we obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, we put aside those things. We repented. We turned from that former way of life. He says, that is the way you once lived. Now you live for Christ. Put that stuff off. You don't use filthy language. You don't have malice coming from your mouth. You, you have pure speech. You have speech that builds up, that edifies, and most importantly, that spreads the gospel. We, we don't want to use this tongue that's been uh, commissioned to spread the good news of Christ. Instead, we're using filthy language. Well, let me just ask you a question. Uh, what, what produces this kind of mm -hmm. language in somebody? You know, here's somebody that, that maybe uh, is in the habit of using yes. inappropriate language or maybe even just on, a, on occasion. Right. What, what leads to that? What produces that? In That's person? a great question. And, and three things I want to throw out to you as, as some practical warnings. I say, first of all, beware the link between anger and profanity. That's one. Secondly, beware the link between profane company and profanity. That's two. And third, uh, beware the link between profane entertainment and profanity. And let's just hit those three things. The first one, anger. The reason why I associate that is because the Bible makes it clear that uh, many times our anger and our wrath will not produce what God is looking for us. I'm thinking about James 1, 19 through 20. James 1, 19 through 20. The Bible says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How many times, Bob, have we seen that somebody gets angry, somebody gets upset, and then the profanity flies out of the yeah, mouth? It's absolutely. almost like a package deal. People get upset. Uh, maybe somebody's disrespected them. Somebody's done something they didn't expect. Maybe they get hurt really bad. Whatever. It's a strong emotional reaction. And the next thing you know, the words come out. And so we got to do Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Right. And so it's possible to be angry and yet control that mouth so that the profanity doesn't fly as a result. Right. I'm, I'm mindful of Ephesians 4, verse 31. Let all bitterness mm -hmm. and wrath and anger and clamor and slander. So yes. you can see the yes. link there between right. wrath and anger and inappropriate speech. Right. And so if we can control our anger, yes. we can just calm ourselves down and not let, not let our anger get away with us and act right. impulsively, right. well, then that's going to help us control our speech as well. I think that one of the examples that I think about is Matthew 26, 69 through 74, and everybody knows this, uh, but let's just read it real quick. Now, Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him saying, you also are with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it for them all, saying, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Listen to this. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster, a rooster <laughs> crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him, before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. So let's think about the situation. You got Peter is in a very emotionally charged situation. Uh, he's just seen the Lord taken away. Uh, all the disciples, including himself, have forsaken him. Um, he is trying to surreptitiously watch what's happening with his Lord and Savior. And somebody finds him out says, no, you're, you're one of his disciples. Well, that's the last thing you want to be in this situation where Jesus is being mistreated. You don't want to be associated with that. So he, he denies him. That's, it just denies him. Well, then somebody else comes along and identifies him. And now it gets a little bit stronger. The emotion is a little bit higher. He denies it with an oath. And then a third time he's pointed out and it gets even worse. And this time he curses and he swears. You see the connection between the emotionalism 
and the, uh, the unproductive or corrupt speech, the profanity, the cursing, swearing. He is so vividly trying to say, I'm not with Jesus, that all of a sudden something slips out. And so, of course, there's all kinds of things wrong with what Peter does there, but that yeah. is an aspect of that, is that he lost control of his emotions, and here you have an apostle of Jesus Christ cursing and swearing. Yeah. So that reminds me of Matthew chapter 12, where he mm -hmm. says, The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good. The evil man brings out of his evil treasure what is evil. Right. <clears throat> He's been talking about the heart. Mm -hmm. If you have good things in your heart, you're going to produce good fruit. If you have evil in your heart, it's a heart problem, really, it is. isn't it? I mean, it's a speech problem. That's right. <clears throat> but so much of that is a result of what's in our heart or our That's mind. That's exactly right. So if our mind is not focused, right. well, then our speech will be well, uh, may end up being corrupt and saying Amen. things we shouldn't. Well, and, so, and, and that goes right into a couple of the other points that I said about the link. There's a link between profane company and profanity. So here's the thing, and I've talked to some young people very recently that talked <laughs> about they're trying to live by the biblical standard, let no corrupt communication proceed from their mouth. But they have friends or they have people yeah. around them constantly that are using this language, and there's this battle because the language gets in the head. And as we said, there's no delete key in the mind. And so we think about 1 Corinthians 15, 33, evil companionship corrupts good morals. We have to be careful the people that we're around because they can begin to influence us. If you're around a bunch of people that use a lot of salty language, then if you're not careful, you might start using some salty language. So let's be careful about the people we run with, the people we hang with. And I like the idea, evil companionship. There's a voluntary component to that. These are people we choose to be with. Now, in contrast to that, uh, certainly you remember in 1 Corinthians 5, Paul says, when I wrote to you not to keep company with sexually immoral people, I did not mean people of the world. And he goes on to say in that context, he was talking about a brother in Christ who is engaged in these sins on a habitual basis, he said, that person you got to put away, got to withdraw from that person. But the other point being made there is, look, we can't divorce ourselves from some of that. We've got to live in the world. We've got to work in the world. We live in the world. So some of that we're going to be exposed to. But be careful. You have control where it's a voluntary thing. Don't bring that stuff into your home. Don't make the folks that are talking like that your best friends. Don't spend a whole lot of time around that because it's going to have an impact on the heart. Well, I think we can uh, kind of identify the, the, the process, how it works. And so uh, you're around people, they use, they use bad language and profanity and things like that. Well, before you know it, when we get in a frustrating situation or a little aggravated, that, those words come to mind. They and we do. don't say them yet, right, right. but they come to mind. Right. And then after a little while of that, the next thing you know is you're kind of saying it, muttering it under your breath. Right. Not, not loud enough for anybody right. to hear, but just kind of to yourself. And you're just... Uh, and then... The next step is where well, you are saying it. That's right. All right. So if we can kind of stop that, yeah. when those words come into our mind, right. if we can just say no, absolutely, no, no more, and uh, train ourselves and discipline ourselves absolutely. Uh, to um, control our mind and action, well, then we can do it. That's you know, exactly we, we right. Can, we can control our speech. And, and think about this as parents out there, parents of especially younger children, do everything you can to protect your kids from being exposed to that. Unfortunately, we have families sometimes, even Christian families, where that kind of language is heard and heard on a regular basis. And it's no surprise then the kids kind of pick it up. So we need to, one, discipline ourselves just because we're glorifying God with our body and our speech. But we also, if we're parents, we want to be careful about the example we give them. Not only do we model the right principles in terms of how we speak, be careful what they're exposed to, which is the third point about there's a link between profane entertainment and profanity. So if you're watching a lot of movies that have profanity, you're listening to a lot of music that has profanity, is it any wonder that eventually it's going to have some impact? I mean, I, for the people who say, oh, well, I can listen to the beat and it has no impact on me whatsoever, I ask them, okay, why do you think that these corporations 
will spend millions of dollars for just a few seconds of time during the Super Bowl. But no, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't impact anybody. Of course it impacts people. And like you said, it may be a progression. You may not say it instantly, but if it gets in the head, eventually it's going to come out the right, mouth. Right. I heard of a high school principal one time. Uh, some students came to him and said, hey, we, we want to play some music during the during the games, you mm-hmm. know, and when their time's, time's out and have time. And he said, okay, all right, we'll play some music. But it can't have any profanity in it. can't right. have any vulgarity in yes. it. It can't objectify women. Right. It can't be uh, vulgar or uh-huh. sexualized. It can't glorify violence. It can't right. glorify materialism. And, yes. you know, <laughs> that, that, didn't, yeah, yeah, that, that didn't leave much room for yeah. some of the music today. You know, so, uh, you're right. You're right. But, but, that, but that just illustrates the point yeah. that some of the music is so full of these things. Of course, it's going to erode our resistance, get right. into our That's mind, into our, into our heart if we're not careful, right. and then what's in the heart is going to come out. That's, and look at the labels, look at the ratings. I mean, there's so many things, parental advisory, explicit lyrics, and it's really frustrating if you, if you like music, if you like these things and you still want to engage. There's so little allowed. I know you've said that what you try to do is look at some of the older television shows yeah. where it wasn't so prevalent then. So yeah. it's just very difficult. We live in a society where it's so prevalent. Well, we've run out of time here, but those are some warnings. There is a link between anger and profanity. So be careful. Control your emotions. There's a link between profane company and profanity. Be careful of the friends that you keep and the people you spend a lot of time with. And there's a link between profane entertainment and profanity. So be careful about the movies you watch, the music you listen to, the books you read, the magazines that you peruse or the uh, social media sites you look at. And we really want to have that standard in mind. Let no corrupt communication proceed from our mouth. We can do it on the flip side. Be a blessing to people. Build people up with God's word and the message of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Bob? Well, I was just going to touch on that uh, at the end here. The the ability to communicate is such a a wonderful blessing. Let's use it for good. Be a Barnabas. Be a a person who's known for exhorting and encouraging and building people up and being positive right. with the way we speak. And Amen. Can, all of us can do that. We, exactly we can do right. that. We can be a Barnabas. Uh-huh. And so if you set your mind on, on that, well, then you can put that into action. Amen. Amen. Well, we appreciate your time and attention. Uh, we are going to bring this podcast to a close, but we always end with a word of prayer. And so I'm going to ask my brother, Bob Hutto, uh, to petition our father on our behalf. Sure. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful for all the good things that you've given to us. We're thankful for your goodness and your generosity and the the great blessings that uh, we enjoy every day from your hand. You're such a beneficent Father to us, and we're so grateful for all the things that you give us. Some of those things, Father, we know and we recognize and we freely acknowledge on a regular basis, but there are other things that uh, maybe escape our notice, but you're providing them for us and sustain us with those things and we're grateful for those things as well father you've blessed us with this wonderful ability to communicate it's uh, it is amazing that we can communicate the thoughts that are in our minds to other people through the use of language and we, we're thankful that you've blessed us with that help us father to use it for good help us to use it to encourage each other and build each other up to preach the gospel to to praise you And Father, we pray that we'll become known by our peers as people that that, uh, guard our language and always use it for good. Help us, Father, to eliminate any inappropriate use from our speech, whether it's the use of profanity or, or other manifestations of inappropriate speech. 
Help us to eliminate those things from our lives. Help us, Father, in our pursuit of holiness. Help us to get closer and closer to that pure standard that you've set for us by eliminating anything that's impure or defiled in our lives. Show us those things, Father, so that we might see them and eliminate them. Help us to walk in the footsteps of your Son, who came to this world and gave his life as an atonement for our sin. And uh, we're so thankful for that, so that we might have fellowship with you and hope of eternal life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.